welcome back to Therapy Insiders Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. So, do you remember your teenage years? Some of you might have just cringed at that thought. Others of you, it's probably been a little while. So, all in all, though, the teenage years bring about a lot of commonalities, uh, a lot of first experiences, a lot of shaping experiences. But what about the teenage years of a profession? What, what does that mean for an industry? In this episode, we break that down for physical therapy because in the context of medicine, in the context of healthcare, physical therapy as an industry is kind of going through the teenage years. And that means a lot of things. Driver's licenses, hormones, rage fits, Right? Teenagers do that. Rage. We'll find out. So, here's our take on the teenage years of physical therapy. Let us know what you think. would love to hear your insights after you hear this episode. Reach out, connect with us on Facebook and on Twitter. Enjoy the episode. Welcome back to Therapy Insiders Podcast. Dr. Gene Schrockbrod here with Dr. Joe Palmer and Dr. Ben Fung. How are thou, gentlemen? Doing great, Gene. Very good. Little bit hyper. Always having fun. It's good. It's good to be just a little bit hyper for, for the podcast. Um, as we record these on Fridays, it's just by the end of the week, the energy level sometimes dips down, but... Um, we're on the rebound. We are on the rebound. Um, guys, so we have, um, we're recording this podcast towards middle August. So the summer's winding down. We've been on vacations. I don't, and I don't know about you guys. When I, when I go on vacation or, or get away, I have a time to kind of just reflect uh, when I'm not chasing two young kids uh, or passed out, fatigued. Uh, vacations are not relaxing. They're just getaways, but they do allow for an opportunity to kind of reflect on some things. And then this vacation, I uh, just got back um, earlier this week. Uh, hey, can we call them family trips? Yes. Let's, let's do that. <laughs> I like that. Otherwise you're having a vacation from the vacation, right? That's the so sweet for me. That tired yes. from the vacation. You're like, Oh, <laughs> should have planned ahead or another couple of days. Just sleep. That, it, it, it doesn't matter. Even if you plan ahead for a couple of days, it, it's still the same process. It, it does not matter. Um, no, Simba in the morning, right? Dad, you promise. Get up. It's three. Correct. The The kids don't care. They bounce back. Um, so yeah, it's taken my brain a while. Uh, but during during the family getaway family trip, uh, I was able to, to kind of look over. Um, I, I forced myself to kind of zoom out and do comparisons. I love comparisons. Parallels. We talked about this in the last podcast uh, or several podcasts ago. Um, one of the reasons, Joe, you and I started this podcast was to create connections with other industries. So what, what, what I started to kind of think about is 
what is the context or how do we place in the timeline physical therapy? Like where, where in, the, in the timeline of health and medicine does physical therapy fall in? And um, we're going to break this down, but if you guys don't mind, can I give you a little timeline uh, of where things are and then we'll break it down? I'd love that. Let's hear it. So, so for those of you that, that don't know, and if you're a physical therapist and, and listening, I'm guessing most don't really know the history or even just the date of physical therapy and the process of it. Um, and initially, the term physical therapy or physiotherapy uh, was, uh, I think, initially brought about in like the 1800s, uh, mid 1800s. Um, then spoke about again in the late 1800s, but more in in, in the sense of helpers in a gym, um, just just more or better trained trainers, essentially. Um, it, it really wasn't until the 1920s or, or, or late teens when World War broke out. And obviously we had um, all the soldiers that were, were coming back injured. Uh, but we also, a little bit before that, we had the polio outbreak. Um, so with, with polio, there, there are a lot more women that were tasked with helping people move again and getting them moving. So we had the polio, then we had World War, and then all of a sudden we needed this, this huge burst to help people move again. So physical therapy, as we know it in the U.S. at least, started to come about in the early 1900s, so 19-teens to 20s. Um, medicine, on the other hand, has obviously been around since the 1700s, but medicine itself didn't really get a, a big kick until a similar time frame. So it was, medicine was, has been around a lot longer in the U.S. Medicine hasn't been progressing at the pace it is now until that kick in the butt, uh, which was the same time frame. But it wasn't the war necessarily. It was something that we experience every year. But um, in 1918, it was what's called now the Great Influenza where it wiped out, I think it was somewhere along like 50 to 100 million people, um, was known as the Spanish flu. And that started a race between the U.S. and uh, Europe for the best delivery of healthcare. Uh, so we talked about insurance before the history of that, which I think is fascinating in its own right. But that gives a bit of a timeline. So medicine, while a lot longer, has been progressing at a, at a very uh, aggressive clip and modernizing and innovating since the late 19 teens because of the great influenza physical therapy just was really born at that time um, because of, of the war and then polio. So we our our profession, our industry, physical therapy was really born when traditional medicine was going through its innovation phase. So if we put things in the timeline, we're really, as an industry, as physical therapists, we're really kind of going through the teenage years now in the context of everything. We're starting to really get more independence. We're starting to get our driver's license and, and, and veer out on our own. Uh, we're also with, with teenage years, as, as most of you can probably fondly remember, uh, come a lot of different uh, aspects of life that are not always great. So that'd be fun on this episode to break down of what do the teenage years for physical therapy look like? The good, the bad, uh, the pimples, the, uh, the hormones, and then everything in between. So what do you say, guys? 
Let's give it a whirl. Sounds like fun. So the first thing that comes to that, that I think is is should be the, the thing to talk about is independence, right? To me, when you think teenage years, you think driver's license that you you start to set the foundation of what it's what it means to be an adult and to be on your own. Um, and physical therapy, obviously, the clearest parallel to that is direct access. That we started out being dependent on on uh, the other medical professions. Obviously, the the clearest parallel being MDs. So when somebody had polio, they'd be referred to physical therapy to start walking again. We were essentially in the hospital there or women were in the hospital to help people with polio and then to help soldiers with very specific tasks. Since then, we've been fighting for direct access and we've been evolving and we got the DPT. So the point is independence. Now we're not fully there, right? We're some, again, to create the parallel, some states driving ages 16, some states driving ages 18, some states um, say you can't drive at all, which is states that don't have direct access, which is just completely ass backwards. So we have independence or starting to get independence. What, what does that look like for, for physical therapists? We, we're, we're testing it. We're trying it out now, right? In the outpatient portion of things, at least. We want people to come directly to physical therapists with musculoskeletal pain. Uh, we're starting to see more and more of that. But at, as that becomes more robust, as that grows, what, what do you see uh, in, as the independence piece for physical therapists? Um, Joe, obviously you live in this world as an outpatient clinic owner and physical therapist. What do you foresee as, as we get more independence? Well, uh, I think that with independence, uh, we have to we have to be careful. I, I just feel like um, the uh, you talk about teenage years and you talk about uh, independence. That's that's when uh, you know you, you it's known for so sowing wild oats and and being irresponsible and things like that. And we, we I think as a profession we don't want to get too far carried away in that. I think we have uh, a. a it's good that we have our independence, but I think that we, we need to go about it uh, as humbly and maturely through our, through our teenage years here as, as we can. Um, because I, I think ultimately that's how the profession uh, is seen in the best light. Uh, you know, when, once, once you reach your, uh, you know, thirties and forties, does that, does that, does that <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, and, and in, in the 1950s, when we started to really get, the, the first taste of, of autonomy because we became more professionals um, and less technicians. So that, that started in the 50s and then really the APTA is kind of our, our parent in all this, trying to, to guide us um, and then handing out the license and saying, here's where you can drive. You have a little bit of freedom, but there's still that but. Um, so I agree with you. I, th- I think being able to drive and having permission to drive doesn't necessarily mean you're a good driver um, or you, or you have the capacity to do it, but um, you also don't become a good driver without learning what is, uh, what is dangerous, where you can go. What, what are the limits um, to me figuring to do that in the safest way possible. So how, how do we, how do we test those limits in the safest way possible, Joe? Uh, I mean, I, I think I'm going to go back to, Humility, right? Uh, you, you have to uh, you have to be able to look at big picture, and you have to understand um, 
what what we do best uh and and where uh we need to uh still rely on on our medical colleagues i mean i, I think humility humility we're teenagers with raging hormones you asked me how to do it Get best you didn't ask me uh whether we okay, were doing fair. it right um fair, okay. I, I think that uh that's that's important uh, for everybody to remember that their actions uh, every, for every therapist that their actions reflect on the profession uh, and and um, if if you keep that in the back of your your mind um, I, then I think that that makes you that makes you think about what you're what you're doing um, and and really uh, own own what you're doing. And as uh, I think, in, in again, in the context of time, there's certain time periods that define the generations or define the people living through them. We have obviously the 60s with Vietnam War and uh, kind of like the, the, the hippie type phase. Uh, we have the 70s. Pretty sure everyone forgot about the 70s. Um, but we're, we're also living through... Uh, a period now and and uh, i think our period is is very much going to be defined by technology or at least uh the transition from analog to digital where social media plays such a big role so ben we have um raging hormones teenage profession and we have a influx and access to digital social media and the, the overall technology package that is given to us. Plus we're getting even more um, people in the profession. When you put all that together, what does that mean for, for the industry? I think it means we need to pick our meals carefully. <laughs> you know, when I think about the teenage years, like uh, for me, I was always hungry. It, it, it cracked up so much when I was watching that one, um, one movie, uh, 17 again, you know, and like the guy who went back to 17, he's like, I'm just hungry all the time. And I feel like that's where we are. You know, we're hungry for everything. I want direct access. I want a larger scope of practice. I want to be able to, to, to do this, to order that, to read this, to prescribe that. And all those are all well and good, you know, and those are things that I think is good for all professions, you know, within the medical community to be able to do is to cross train and to understand, you know, where we fit in this large landscape that is healthcare. Um, but I think that something that ends up happening with all these avenues and so much freedom is we forget how to focus, you know, and I think that's where we, we have so many tools now, you know, with, with, with social, with digital, uh, with, with the fact that our community is growing, there's more and more and more of us, you know, every single year, class sizes are getting bigger. You know, the demand is only growing. I've had so many conversations this week with people outside of a profession looking in, you know, as, uh, as engineers, as economists. And they're just like, yeah, I don't know what the problem is. You, you guys have a great thing going on. You know, nothing, nothing is going badly the way you think it is. Um, and when that's the case, I think we just need to pick our meals a little bit more carefully instead of eating everything under the sun um, is to think about, hey, what is this food going to do to me in my 20s and then in my 30s when, you know, I don't digest so well anymore? <laughs> yeah, that's a great point. Uh, the more the more I thought about it um, when I was when I was away, the more I kept coming back to uh, that the teenage years um, 
it's it's one of the shortest periods, right? It's only six years in in human years, not in terms of the profession, but uh, it's only six years. It, it's it's a very short period, but it is the most volatile period because of during that transitional stage, you, your brain, your body, your environment, you go from a child from 12 to 13 to literally an adult during the teenage years. So it's, it's a short period, but it's such a volatile, emotional, fast period that it's usually the most remembered. Um, and it, it shapes in a lot of ways what the rest of life will be. So that's why it's important for the physical therapy industry that we're going through a short period. It's a transitional period, uh, but it's also the most emotionally impactful and potentially or conceptually foundationally important one. Um, but it's also not the only transition period, right, guys? Because as teenagers go through transition, obviously, the generation above them goes through a transition as well. I think that's the piece that gets lost a lot of times um, for for teenagers is as that 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 age group transitions, so does the next one, right? As you transition from like the parents transition into typically forties and fifties, um, so there's there's multiple transitions happening at the same time and. As a teenager, you never look at the other transition because you're so entrenched in this this high emotional period. Um, and I feel like that's happening to us as an industry is, is we're going through, we're dealing with all the hormones, we're dealing with this this high uh, volatile change. Uh, but we're, we're looking at the generation above going, well, they don't understand. You don't, don't understand me. They, they live, you don't get it. Exactly. They live through a different <laughs> period. Um and they are on their way out. And it's fascinating that how the parallel between human growth and time frame of being teenager to adult beyond is very much similar to our industry at this point. Well, I think that, you know, all of us probably have some type of, let's not call it regret, but just, you know, something that we look back in our teenage years and go like, okay, yeah, yeah, that was dumb. <laughs> or maybe I could have done that better. You know, and, and the fact that, you know, because profession years and human years, I feel like I'm talking like human years and dog years, you know, um, they, they're a little bit more expanded. And you know, we have this opportunity to kind of go down that route of, of being a little bit more introspective and, you know, and, and humble, like Joe, you were saying. And, and perhaps, you know, not look internally and be like, you know, you're the problem. I feel like that's so... It's so in right now, like that, that Hansel is so hot right now, you know, so in right now to, to bicker about this stuff and to, um, to be angry, you know, and to, to be raging and, and forget about kind of the life cycles of professions and the life cycle of careers and, and how we might be able to fit into that, that narrative a little bit better and, and fit into the landscape where we exist within healthcare. We're not isolated. You know, we, there's a lot of moving pieces that we're a part of and a lot of moving pieces we depend on and will always depend on. You know, and that's not necessarily bad. You know, interdependence is something that I think uh, as people, as we mature out of the, the the teenage years, we suddenly realize, oh, it's not such a bad thing for me to need someone else. You know, for me to be able to collaborate with somebody else. It's not so bad that I don't know everything. Absolutely. So if you had, let's finish out with this. If you had the opportunity to give your teenage self advice 
And in this case, it's for the entire profession. No pressure. Joe, what would be your advice for teenage Joe, AKA personification um, of the physical therapy industry? I, I would say that be confident in what you know and what you don't and let people know what you know as uh, effectively uh, and um, appropriately as possible. I, 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 I really, I do, I do feel like, um, you know, I, I wasn't, uh, wasn't very outgoing in, in, in my, and, and, you know, in my practice, uh, now, you know, I'm still not, uh, I'm not, um, that, uh, uh, more on the introvert side than the extrovert, I guess, but, uh, where, where we can, where we can help and where we can add value, pe- people need to know about it and, and we should, we should express ourselves, but, um, but let's, let's be, uh, let's be able to know when, when we, when we should collaborate and get help. Good one. Ben, what about you? You know, my mind keeps coming back to to know yourself. You know, really, really get to know yourself. I think as a profession, you know, teen, tell, talking to myself as teenage Ben, you know, both as a clinician um, and, and you know to myself as like a you know a profession in like my own imagination. It would really be you know get, let's get to know who you really, really are and who you want to be. You know actually, you know, in your thirties, in your forties, in your fifties, at the end of your career, what that legacy looks like, you know, I think too, too much of our culture is fixated on, we got to do this because it is the thing to do. But many times that's not a good enough reason, you know, and I think a lot of that will lead to pride. I think a lot of that will be, well, then I can do everything, you know, or or I'm supposed to, because it's the, the thing to do. And then we forget about the purpose behind it. You know, I think that, we're in danger of that with all this independence is to say, Hey, I can do it all. And and by trying to be everything to all peoples, we become kind of meaningless to them as well. So I would advise myself, my teenage self to really know who I am, right. And to focus on, on, on who and what that is and and why I'm that way and how I can best serve um, the people I set out to serve uh, in those capacities. That way I'm not, you know, disarmed and, and, and detained by uh, a lack of focus and a, and a lack of, um, of understanding of, of where, you know, where, where my greatest value contribution would be. That way I'm not stuck kind of in limbo of not knowing where, I, you know, I want to go that the perpetual, you know, like fifth or sixth year in college, like I, I still need to choose my major, you know, <laughs> like, like let's find that focus. Uh, and, but also look to, you know, our, our end users and also the medical community on, on, where that could be best. There's always going to be shared strengths, but there's also going to be things that I do best that teenage Ben could learn to do best. That's great. Uh, my, my advice would be is uh, understand the comparison game better and focus on understanding your reaction instead of, um, instead of acting on, on the emotion. Um, and that is, um, what I mean by that is comparisons are normal, right? We, we establish, we, we compare ourselves to our peers to get a better sense of who we are in, in the community and the environment. Um, 
those are great, but uh, you have to understand you have to understand the comparisons that you are creating, and most times they're they're fickle, right? Getting getting a sense of of where you belong and who you are is great, um, but it it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to you have to move or you have to create the world based on that. You just have to have an understanding of of that uh, ecosystem or environment around you, and I think it's the same for the profession as. We're playing a comparison game with MDs, with DOs, with dentists, with Kairos. Um, and it's great to understand. It's great to, to, to know where we fit in, but we don't have to uh, assimilate or compromise in order to fit into, into those compromise or to those comparisons. Um, and the other one is reaction. I feel like the biggest thing as a teenager, because you have the hormones and you have emotions going at, at constant ups and downs is when something happens you react but hardly ever do you ask why am i reacting this way um and to me that that's the biggest piece and key that i would love to tell myself when i was 15 and 16 is that regardless of what happens focus on why i'm reacting that way instead of what actually happened whatever happened happened that's you, you can't control actions especially when they're coming from outside sources but to better understand why you react a certain way, I think unlocks a key to um, to really self development and and further um, further progress. I think it's the same thing for our profession. Is when when something happens, I would love for us to be um, more self um, self facing and uh, more reflective on why are we responding this way? Why are we reacting this way? Why is this such an emotional trigger for us? Uh, so that we can better. Uh, get a better understanding of of us as a profession. Um, well, that's it. That's that, that's a deep episode, guys. We we went we went pretty deep on that one. Um, so we'll we'll, uh, we'll we'll have to uh, get a little bit more shallower in future episodes. I think that that was deep. Pretty good. Sounds good. We'll have to pick something more in like the comedy route or something for the next one. <laughs> um, all right. So hopefully you enjoyed this episode. Let us know what you think. The, the, were you aware of the timeline of the profession? What 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 will be some of the advice you would give your teenage self or the teenage profession um, as as it continues to evolve? As always, check us out at updocmedia.com. As as you might see now, we have a brand new website that's focused on content. So Updoc Media has all the content you need. Uh, we have updocmarketing.com that has all the marketing, digital marketing. Uh, more business side of things from the Updoc brand. So if you need any digital marketing or, or consulting or anything like that, that's on updocmarketing.com. If you want to learn and you want to see videos to learn about business, that's all on updocmedia.com. And we still have more, more things coming at you guys. So as always, thanks for following. Thanks for all the messages that you've been sending us since we've started recording the podcast again. Uh, those are very much appreciated. We love those. So thank you again. And we'll catch you again next week on Therapy Insiders Podcast.